what you have against libraries against libraries yes i'm not against libraries. it's either against libraries or it's against swimsuits because Jesus, what <laughs> i feel that i am a gen- general supporter of both things of both things you know well, I, will, I actually i actually don't own a swimsuit uh, oh um, I'm, oh. I'm someone who just like throws on shorts and dives in to so whatever body that of water it explains is. a lot uh, because that other weekend where I was like, Eric, come over, we're going to do outdoor things, bring your swimsuit. Mm-hmm. And then you said, oh no, but do I really have to? I thought you were like nervous about like your belly or like your elbows or something and not like just didn't own one. No, no, no. First of all, totally willing to just let it all hang out. <laughs> That's not the issue. <laughs> The issue, no, the issue is that I simply, I simply don't own a swimsuit, and two things, and, and also, I mean, the other part of it though is that you were proposing some outside activities. Yep. And I'm an indoor dog now, <laughs> like one of those old, like just like an old border collie, like the one you met the other day, right? Otto the dog. That's the one me. who's who's like actually just a bull, like who just is who comatose, is masquerading as a dog, comatose in the air conditioning. Yeah. Is how I would describe my personality at okay. this point. So two things. Yeah. Number one, you not having a swimsuit in Minnesota, the land of 10,000 lakes, is frankly unacceptable. Number two, because of your lack of swimsuit, we did not get to support our local libraries because I was going to take you to, wait for it, the floating library. And now you just mucked it all up. <laughs> Okay, so we didn't go to the floating library, but I actually am curious about what it is. So it's just like, this is what I'm picturing, and you tell me yeah. how accurate this is. It was just like a, well, like a, I'm picturing like a little island, like in the middle of the lake where, mm-hmm. you know, you like, maybe they like took over like the middle of like Lake of the Isles or something where there's, you know, there actually is a physical island that's like there, and they just like filled it up with like a book stall or something, or is this like actually like a floating like, they, like, put out a raft and stuck a bunch of books on it. I'm pretty sure what they did is they got a boat mm-hmm. and they put it in the middle of Lake Phelan with a bunch of librarians and a bunch of, like, magazines and yeah. zines and, like, books and yeah. stuff. Um, and then they said, okay, everyone. And this is a brilliant marketing opportunity for this particular lake, right? Uh-huh. Because you have to rent. For the lake. The lakes need marketing. Now. Yeah. Well, apparently. I mean, there's so many of them. Like, how do you ever get the edge? Yeah, sure. Um, but this one, you have to, like, rent. I mean, I suppose you could bring your own. But, like, who's going to bring their own paddle boat to, like, yeah. a lake and unload it? But yeah. so you rent either a canoe or a kayak or a paddle boat for, you know, you rent it by the hour or whatever. And then you paddle yourself out to the like to the people at the center of the lake and you say, say, hello, librarians, I would like to read something. And they like give you something to read and you read it in your cute little kayak or whatever. Do they do the recommending? I would. I don't know. We didn't go. One thing that I'm really into lately is like setting up like someone asked me, you know what? If you could set up like your own store, Mm. like if you had like your own business, like that kind of like front facing, you know, retail business, like what would it be? 
And the only, I don't know what it would be, but the only thing, the only trait of it I can think of is that whoever is coming into the store does not get to choose what they walk away with. Mm. Like you just come in and just like, maybe you like fill out a little questionnaire mm. and like, I just hand you what it is I feel you need to be I purchasing. love it when shopping involves paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> and not being able to pick the item. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's great. No, but it's just like, like sometimes I hand you like a little cup of coffee. Sometimes I hand you like, I don't know, a candle. <laughs> Sometimes it's some loose oh. leaf tea. Like, oh, so you're handing them these items for them to purchase, not like here while you shop, have a cup oh, of no, coffee. Oh, no, no, you don't get anything. You don't. There's no shopping at ah. this store. You stand there in the stall. Sure. You're like an animal when you come in. <laughs> we often degrade you. Perhaps we have another set of people in there to like stare at you and like ask you to dance. And point. <laughs> yes, but... This is not a pleasant experience. So you'd be You're here sell- because you so need you'd us. So you'd be not, yeah. selling loose leaf tea, candles, and uh, and coffee. Well, anything else too. I mean, okay. we're so also it'd be like prob- a gift shop. We're selling various fabrics, mm. I assume. Anyway, this is a long tangent to say that I am glad that there's this idea of like a library where you just show up and they hand you the book that you need without you even knowing you've yeah. asked for it. Like that is way more appealing to So me. the one thing though about this floating library that yeah. I was really hoping that you would be able to solve by going with me. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that, um, <clears throat> like, I don't know how they keep the books from getting wet. That's going to be my thing, too, because I'm definitely, like, flinging it overboard at the first, like, bad sentence, you know? <laughs> All the librarians listening right now just, like, cringed. <laughs> they just, like, pulled their head back into their, like, shoulders yeah. like a turtle. Um, this is a good time to support your local bookstore because if you purchase the book, you can fling it into a large body of water whenever you please. And the author still gets paid. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like from what I understand is maybe they have it in like a big, you know, clear bag or whatever that you like read it. And But I don't know how you turn the pages then. I think that's the point of having zines because like the idea is that you're not there for very long and you like don't have to turn that many pages and then it's time for you to like go home. Well, you know those Or like get ice cream. You know those like books for like toddlers yeah. that are basically like made out of Tyvek, cloth yeah. or something. It's, made it's like out absorbent of the same material. Thing. Yeah, it's the same thing that's used for like house siding. It would be really funny yeah. to see like an edition of like the corrections. Likes in like toddler proof saliva. Like, well, we know the readers for this, they get a little messy. So we've got we've got to put it in this absorbent material. It's like this giant, like six foot wide thing because the pages are like three inches thick each. I just took that to a very uncomfortable place about like Franz and readers being messy. Wow. Absolutely. Okay. Um Hope a big shout out to everyone listening at work right now. (laughs) That's my favorite contingent of listeners. You might want to put your headphones in. Don't know where we're going, but Um, it'll be fun. Speaking of water, though, I am going to get into the canoe game. Yeah? I'm thinking of buying a canoe. Not a kayak? I don't actually, off the top of my head, I'm not sure I truly know the difference. But right now, my basically my retirement plan, and this is going to happen in like two years. Yeah, um, sure. Is just to get in a canoe. Mm Mm-hmm. Go out. I'm going to tie like a lantern to the front of it, you know, so I can be like the bog guy, you know, who like in the in, who's like out there in the fog. And I've got like my boat and like there's like this staff on the front of it. Right. That connects. And it tied to it is like this lantern. I just sort of paddle around. And so I mostly essentially just... you're like escorting souls to the underworld. Actually, yeah, it's that aesthetic, except no one is allowed in the boat. 
So, not even a dog? No. Well, maybe a dog. But the dog needs to, like, shut the hell up while he's mm. in the boat. You know, it's a very quiet boat. Yeah. Um, but, like, that's that's basically my my five-year plan at this point. It's just, like... So you can't have a... La- well, I mean, theoretically, I guess you could have a lantern hanging off of a kayak. But, see, the canoe are the ones that, like, multiple people can go into and, like... You kneel when you canoe and you do the J-stroke, right? The kayak is the one where it's essentially like you're sitting on the water and mm. it's like one to two people tops. Yeah, no, that's Ideally one. one. And then you've got like the two-sided paddle. Mm-hmm. So you can just kind of like... Yeah. Or like a rowboat even maybe. Maybe I don't need to be so... Nice. Just like a tin rowboat. You know how like those... Yeah. Yeah. Where it will like slowly rot away. Right. Yeah, I'd like into to the rot, reeds. I'd like to rot with it, frankly. <laughs> just like... <laughs> Just, oh, there, there's old man you, Eric. Yeah, I'm like you? 32. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, there he is. He's been out there for four decades, kids. You just, oh, no, no, don't talk to him. Don't talk to him. He's real nasty if you get too close. Just stay away. Would you have, yeah. would you have books in the boat? Yeah, some, probably. What would you have in the boat? I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think of what I, what books I've read lately that get to come in the boat with me. And there, I don't think that, I've, actually, I was thinking about this the other day. People were... Um, people were tweeting about the last, um, it was my friend Nathan Goldman. He was, he asked the question on Twitter about what was the last book you read that was like really hyped up Mm. that you thought ended up being just okay. Mm. And it ended up being like a pretty, like people really loved the question because it feels like everyone is just sitting on this all these list feelings? Of, this list of books that they're not allowed to talk about how bad they so are. are you know, gonna, yeah. are we gonna do this? Maybe. I mean, okay. we can. I mean, but it just got. Me, but just to answer your question, it just got me thinking. Like, I'm trying to think of the last book I read that like gets to come in the boat with me. You know, mm. and I would say like this year, the best book I've read this year is definitely uh, "They Can't Kill Us Until They Kill Us" mm. um, by Hanif Abdurraqib, um, which is incredible from start to finish. Great essays. Um, definitely pick it up, read it, music lover or otherwise. But um, otherwise, it's like, I don't know, I've read a lot of stuff that is kind of good that maybe I liked bits and pieces of. Like, I gave a copy of The Mars Room, you know, by Rachel That's Kushner. That's on my TBR list. Yeah, no, it's, I'll it, get to it in seven and years. It is, <laughs> and it is worth reading. It's good. And, like, there's, um, you know, I gave it to a client of mine because, um, you know, it's going to be like a comp title for the book we're pitching. And there were certain elements of the writing that I thought were kind of similar. But... Um, you know, the book isn't like, it's not like this, you know, I'm not going to remember the Marshroom when I'm, you know, tw- 20 years older from now. Like, I don't know. Mm. And I've read a few of those this summer that were like really hyped up as like books of the summer that I liked fine. Glad I read, glad I bought even, but I don't know. It's been a while since okay. I've really. What, what else is on your list of super hyped, but just okay. Oh, man. We're in a cone of silence, except for the fact that we're being recorded (laughs) and we will put this on the internet. I was going to say, this is literally the least silent I ever am. Um, I don't know. What else did I read? The Lauren Groff stories were good. They were like... But they weren't as good as Fate and and Furies. And they were were good in a way that um, stories are meant to be. You know, like, I don't think even she would put out... Like, she's not publishing her short story collection between novels as, like the book you know it's meant to make a curse and i respect that you know it's like a good set of stories that's fine but i'm probably not going to remember these mm. I'm, i'll remember that she's a good writer and i'm excited about her next book but i don't think anyone I, mean, I don't know um i'm reading right now this one um it's called they're there they're there which is 
I picked it up purely. I didn't even know what it was about when I bought it, but I bought it because. I mean, for lack of a better phrase, no one will shut up about this book. I have literally it's, never heard about this book in my entire life yeah, until this in, th- in this very moment. I think we're in we're in different little book spheres then, because this is like the lit fic event book of the summer. All the bookstore people I know are like, "This is the one we keep moving. This is the one we keep recommending to everyone who walks in." Mm. And and that's cool. First, to be clear, I think that's really cool. I was excited enough to buy it. I bought it at a local bookstore and everything. And and it's good so far. I'm like, you know, what, 100 pages in. Um, but um, again, like, and I don't know, at some point you kind of hit a hit this space where the hype hits you in such a way that there's just no way that the book could possibly be as enjoyable as mm. you want it to be. Like, this is a salt, like, so there's nothing, and actually even this phrasing is the problem. Like, I was about to say, the book hasn't done anything wrong yet, which it's not how anyone should read. You know, you should let the good parts, like, surprise you. You should let the... You should come from a place of normal baseline expectation. And j- because this book has been really well-written and competent, um, it's somehow, like, a disappointment so far. Even though it's, again, like, it's probably very good. And, like, I... I'll probably finish it and maybe it'll, you know... Well, that's also where but, this job yeah. kind of, like, comes in and ruins it. Because you can kind of yeah. look at something and you go, well, you know, like, I just read this book... Um, fairly recently and it was a big honker right and it was one that got a lot of marketing push um, and it was very good like it was very very good and worthwhile but like in the latter third like you could have just cut out a hundred pages and I don't think my experience would have been you know would have been like altered at all but because I'm in this business I was kept going like oh like I kept looking at it from like a marketing perspective or from a sales perspective and not just like taking those hundred pages so as the little moment that it is. It's so boring to do that. I do that too. <sighs> you just end up like feeling like you've got work brain as you're like reading some yeah. novel. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrible. And like to be fair, like it's really good that it took me six hundred pages to get to work brain for a book yeah. like this. Like yeah. that in any <clears throat> other, you know, part of the imagination is a definite sign that it is, you know, very worthwhile and good and worth my time. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, I think the last two really big books that would make it into the rowboat with me um, are, I guess you could say, N.K. Jemisin's entire Broken Earth trilogy. Mm -hmm. That one blew my socks off. Mm -hmm. I was also very impressed by The Hating Game by Sally Thorne, um, which is a romance novel, which I am going to make you read for Writing by Reading one of these months. (laughs) Sounds good. Um... Maybe around wedding season or something. Yeah, it is um, almost wedding season. It huh? is almost wedding season. So yeah. what else to do but give you homework? I yeah. mean, whew. that's yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. When we say wedding season, we don't mean like wedding season for other people. It's Which Eric is right and I. Now. Yeah. Eric and I are getting married within two weeks of one another. Um, We're not so marrying each other. We are not. No. Let's get that cleared up. <laughs> are people ever thinking that we are? Uh, I just said two weeks from each yeah, other. No, that, was, that was good. Like, what is our yeah. wedding going to be? Two weeks long. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I throw one hell of a party. I don't know what to tell you. That sounds like hell on earth to me, Eric. <laughs> it does, I know. Um, do you ever stop reading? Like when A you, book? Yeah. Do you like set things down? Because I actually will say that I have never done that. I always finish the book. Oh, I stopped. So when I was a kid and when I was a teenager, I never did that. Um, but I stopped reading. I keep, I'm keeping a track. Uh, last year I started to do it and I, I am doing it this year as well. I'm keeping track of the books that I read. Mm -hmm. And last year I didn't finish two books. Yeah. Um, 
and they were books that everybody else really loved and I just like I I have this thing where technically excellent writers sometimes just I just can't get past it I can't think Um, of a worse thing to say about someone's writing than technically excellent (laughs) like seriously like yeah if there's someone like that and I've thought and I only say it because I've thought that about certain writers before too where it's like oh yeah I can see why people like this that's the other one that yeah, fits in that category I can category. totally see but like <laughs> but like you yeah. just, it just doesn't move you at all it's like oh yeah they did everything right they, they, they solved the riddle they got the puzzle right and it just doesn't yeah. yeah Naomi Novik's Uprooted which I think I've talked before on this podcast that I was so frustrated that everybody else loved and mm-hmm. like I love the comps to it I yeah. you know theoretically I should love everything about it and yeah. I just like don't connect with it um yeah I don't know it was it was tough it was tough does but that um does that at all make you think a little bit about the way people talk about books right now in what do you like mean? online and like in reviews, like mostly when we hear about books, the only thing that we ever hear is that they, you know, everything is the best book that wrecked me totally, you know, all this kind of stuff. You know, like I feel like we've kind of entered this age of like hyperbole with regard to every single book that ever gets discussed by anyone. You know, everyone loves everything. There's never any like respectful, like, I didn't really like this book and here's why, you know, that happens online. Like, can you imagine if you were an author and you got online and, like, started posting about how you just, like, for whatever standard, normal reason people don't like a book, just started saying, like, oh, I didn't like this book. That would, I feel like there's just absolutely no, the environment now is such that you can't say that. You can't do that. And I don't, and I honestly, I can't decide if it's a good or a bad thing, but I guess maybe my question to you is, do you feel that, we've kind of entered this zone and I think we've talked about this on the show before but like it came up again the other day like do you feel that we've reached such a uniform stage of positivity with the way we discuss books in public that now maybe that's the reason everything we read feels a little bit underwhelming because I feel that way I think I don't think I think I think in the like on social media yeah Perhaps, yes. You know, like, when I don't like a book, I keep my opinions to myself. Like... That's so interesting, you know, yeah. But, but that's because I'm in this business. You know what I mean? But, um, I, you know, like, in in our conversations, we yeah. have we have a lot, whether it's for writing by reading or, or not, like, we have a lot of critical discussions about whether or not we like something. Yeah. You know, like, we had a big, long conversation about how, you know, I wasn't in love with sing unburied sing you know we have mm-hmm. we have those conversations and i feel like maybe it's less of i, I don't know i think it's a comb- like a combination of a bunch of factors including you know people not necessarily like valuing um critical analysis and writing in a lot of ways um you know that emotional reaction is really key and important you know that decides whether or not i really like something but i think what's interesting about that discourse that i think might be getting glossed over is okay this is my immediate 
emotional reaction. Let's talk about why I had that reaction. Let's talk about how the art makes that reaction happen. And let's talk about how that's different than somebody else's reaction. Yeah. And so Um, that's why I think like I totally agree with that. But that's also why I think saying that someone is something is technically brilliant is really damning praise. (laughs) Because what you're basically saying is that none of those feelings you just described came out while reading this book. But, you know, you're, like, supposed to think it's really good, yeah. you know? I mean, I feel like, you know, going back to our writing by reading conversations, like, um, Manhattan Beach by Jennifer Egan. Right. Yeah, we Technically had a, yeah, we brilliant, about that book. But, and I, I think I've come down on the side of I really like it, but I had a yeah. really hard time coming to that conclusion. And I think the only reason I came to that conclusion is because we had that conversation, is because I was able to really, like, dissect how she subverted my expectations as a reader and how she played with it and about how I didn't agree necessarily with the, the, how she handled like the cyclical, cyclical nature of the generations Mm -hmm. and the years. Yeah. Um, particularly with the male characters, but like eventually coming down on the side of, Oh, I understand why you did that, even though it wasn't the most, like, literary way to handle that. Right. You know what I mean? It wasn't as classic of a way to handle it. Um, that makes sense. But, but I think I had to have that conversation before I decided I liked the book. Sure. I mean, I enjoyed the process of reading it. That, yeah, that's, it's just, I just feel like at this point with, um, with our work, and maybe one other, you know, thing to kind of touch on, is like you say you're keeping track of the books you, you know, you're reading this year and stuff, you've got like a sheet to kind of track your reading. And I think that's really interesting and good. But do you count your workbooks on that? Like, do, no. client, yeah, do client manuscripts count on that? No. Like, like, Only finished books. Like people, you know, people ask me for book recommendations and stuff. And the first books that always come to mind are Word documents that are sitting, you know, on my, <laughs> com- you know, like, uh, man, the book that I'm really into lately is, you know, a client book, you know, and that's... Can I tell you a secret about my book recommendations? Yes, please. 100% of them come from Lily Anderson, who is... <laughs> the librarian. <laughs> yeah, who's yeah. a librarian. She's one of yeah. my authors, and she's a librarian, and whenever anybody yeah. asks me for a recommendation, like, not, like, face-to-face, yeah. Yeah. um... I quick go to text message and I say, quick, I need a book that's this, this, and this. And then she gives me a list of like five titles immediately. So yeah, 100% of my book recommendations in the last four years have been from her. Hmm. Well, that's that's heartwarming. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't know. Like, yeah. okay, I have to tell you a secret. Please. And listeners, don't judge me too much. I actually feel really bad about sharing this right now. Uh-huh. The book I'm reading right now is White Teeth for the first time. <laughs> I am I am reading. Oh, that's good. Babe. I am reading Zadie Smith's White Teeth. Yeah. Fifteen years too late, or ten years, or however long it's been out. However many years. Like I remember the first time I heard about this book. I yep. was sitting, and this is the I was sitting in uh, a room in college, like a classroom in college, with a bunch of other English professors. And we were we had a um, informal book club going on mm. where we were reading um, a book from the 1800s. And it was like there were a couple of other students and then a couple of professors. Um, they weren't all English professors, but there were there were probably three or four English professors. 
And uh, Grinnell sounds insufferable, by the way, as you described. Only right okay. The only reason <laughs> that you think that is because yeah. I told you that we didn't play Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy at our big parties. That's the only reason you're saying that. That's it. Stop the recording. That's- <laughs> okay. But so I was sitting there and I remember another student talking with a professor about how she's reading White Teeth and about how it's amazing and about how it blew her mind. And I like had that in my head and it's like st- I can still picture where I was sitting in the room and where she was sitting in the room and like the conversation that they had. And I knew about this book and it's been in my head for a million years. Yeah. And I am now on July 30th, 2018, finally reading this book. Very nice. Finally Very nice. reading this book. I haven't um, read something older in a long time, which actually, like, it kind of bums me out. Like, one thing, like, with my reading, I really like to, I try to read, like, the book everyone's talking about at a given moment, mostly because yeah. I feel like my job makes me feel like an idiot most of the time. And so I, <laughs> and so I like, try to read current stuff just so I have, like, some semblance of an idea of, like, what's going on so in the market. So you know what the comp titles mean? Yeah, exactly, mean? exactly. So I'm, I'm just, like, desperately trying to, like, stay on top of what's happening. But, like, I haven't gone back in a while, and I know I'm missing ones that... But um, I guess maybe that's what summer's for, huh? You get a little bit of a chance. So what's in your slush pile right now that you're that you're mm. that you're working on? That's the other thing. It's like, how am I supposed to read when I've got like, what, a few dozen more? I say, that's really light. That's really flattering that I would say there's only a few dozen manuscripts I need to read right now. Do you want to know how um, many I have? Yeah, let's see. Right now, bring it up. I have uh, three hundred and thirty-four <laughs> manuscripts. <laughs> In my inbox. That's uh, partials and fulls. Can we start like a thing? Can we do like, um, I feel like you would Shame actually. Shame Laura Day. People, we would get a lot of angry emails if you started like 300 partials, like a, like a tweet series where you just like start talking about like the first pages of oh like the God. books. Like I feel like that would. Maybe that would actually get me to like read them. Yeah. That would be great. It would. It would actually would. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 500 queers is over. Mm-hmm. Congrats on that. Thank you. Um, Technically, it's been over since March twenty eighth because right. it was only twenty eight days of my queries. Oh, you're letting you're letting people in on the fact that I've let people tweets. in on that from Did a they million, know? from from forever and ever. So like when I've been like angrily in the replies of these tweets, they've just been like you haven't even. They're been... scheduled. Yeah, they're scheduled. Wow, they just, schedule them out five months in advance. I'm just like yelling at the answering machine. Is that what yeah? You, is that what you're I mean, like I'm still logged on to Twitter, Eric. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so 500 queries was a uh, uh, 500 tweets um, from me, where each tweet equaled one uh, manuscript in my slush pile, and the- I went from March 1st, which is when I reopened the queries this uh-huh. year, and until 500, yeah. and that took 28 days. Yeah, wow, that's a lot. Yeah, um, it is a lot. The real legacy of that project to me um, was when the man got in your replies and said that you were demonstrating true misandry like the misandry and publishing guy famous as he was for yeah. like getting into it with Lawrence Spieler like he also was super mad about 500 queries he said and that, that was I a great had vinegar day. in my yeah. heart yeah that was a great day that my favorite day thing about this yeah. job quite honestly is that so when I first started um Twitter wasn't as big of a thing and Thank when God I, for that. When I, I mean, age. it was still a thing, but, like, it wasn't as big of a thing. And so people would actually send, Don Frederick, the owner of our agency, would send her emails about how I'm bad, capital <laughs> B bad, and try to get me fired um, and complain about me. And now they just, like, tweet about me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, like, they're always something new and surprisingly petty. Like, mm-hmm. today, uh, today, so today. <laughs> 
<laughs> Today folks, was a great day. Folks, I will say. Today okay. was one of the better days we've had in a long time. So remember on Thursday. Hello, print runners. If you are following us on Twitter, specifically on our social media, you will uh, maybe have gleaned that we had a section in this uh in today's episode that we had to remove and you know what it is and you know why and so instead i am going to give you the first edition of that's all folks i'm going to be reading for you my newest favorite curry recipe it is from 177 milk street which is christopher kimball's food magazine and it is a split pea curry so here's what it is 10 cups water, divided, 2 cups yellow split peas, kosher salt and ground black pepper, 2 teaspoons ground turmeric, divided, 1 teaspoon cayenne pepper, divided, 1 third cup coconut oil, 2 large yellow onions chopped, which is about 4 cups, 1 bunch fresh cilantro, leaves and tender stems reserved separately and finely chopped, 2 tablespoons finely grated ginger, two teaspoons cumin seeds, two teaspoons coriander seeds, two teaspoons yellowed mustard seed, 14 ounce can of diced tomatoes, drained, that's key, two tablespoons lime juice, which is from one to two limes, cooked basmati rice to serve, pickled cucumbers, and plain whole milk yogurt to serve. Here's what you do. In a large saucepan over high, combine eight cups of the water, the peas, two teaspoons of salt, one teaspoon of the turmeric, and half a teaspoon of the cayenne. Bring to a boil, then reduce to medium-low and simmer, uncovered, stirring frequently until the peas are thick and creamy, 50 to 60 minutes. Remove from the heat and set aside. When the peas are neatly nearly tender, in a large Dutch oven over medium-high, heat the oil until shimmering. Add the onions and one teaspoon salt. Cook, stirring occasionally, until golden brown, about 15 minutes. Stir in the cilantro stems, ginger, cumin, coriander, mustard seeds, the remaining teaspoon turmeric, and the remaining half teaspoon cayenne. Cook, stirring until fragrant, about 30 seconds. Stir in the tomatoes and the remaining two cups water and bring to a simmer. Cook, stirring occasionally until most of the liquid has evaporated, which will take about 10 minutes, or if you forget to drain the tomatoes like I always do, probably somewhere around 30 Add the peas and cook until heated through about three minutes. Off the heat, stir in the cilantro leaves and lime juice. Serve over rice with cucumber pickles and yogurt. This will be a hit and makes a whole hell of a lot of curry. In fact, it makes eight servings. Enjoy, and that's all, folks. Welcome to this episode of Print Run. My name is Eric Kane. With me, as always, if you don't know by now, is Laura Zatz. I, I mean, I, I hesitate to even ask, but say hello, Laura. Hello. Um, so, we, I guess we have a show for you today. We've been having a show for you today. We're sort of in the middle of the summer doldrums, the point we're just trying to, like, free flow a little. We're trying to just kind of catch up on the fact that it's been a long, hot summer. We're all behind on everything. You know how it is. Um, before we continue with any of that, I guess probably we should do the rundown, huh? 
Are we having fun? Are we, we having a good time? <laughs> we are. Uh, we're having a lot of fun. Eric is double fisting a uh, double shot Starbucks uh, can of something. What I'd is like the, to what also, is the flavor? Um, so this is a hazelnut mm. Starbucks double shot. I went away from the Super Moms today because I couldn't make it to a Super America. How um, dare you bring well, you know hazelnut into my household? Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm allergic to hazelnuts um, and it's very traumatizing because they're so delicious. Yeah. Um, so, other than that, I ate an almond joy on the way over here. I'm just trying, just so people understand where we're coming from. Um, but yeah, how about just kind of where where we're at, the basic rundown, what people can look for this month and next. Yeah. So we have one more day left in this month, which is good we're because time. we're on time. We have first pages coming to you. We already have our uh, query show out and our uh, our D and D episode, which is our third episode um we've had a request for next month for our patreon um special content we've had a request for another synopsis mm-hmm. episode yeah. so send us your synopses to us we're at printrunpodcast at gmail.com um if you would like access to our old synopsis episode or our D episode or any other type of episode go on to patreon.com and become a patron <laughs> that's basically oh, it that's basically um, it what else are we even doing i guess you asked me what was in my slush pile yeah I've got what this. is in your slush pile i'm fascinated yeah no it's it's actually a good set of stuff which is what makes it kind of go slower right now i would say that my um the novels i've been receiving have been a lot more overtly like lefty Mm. Which is nice. Like I've got like this. The um, people have finally figured out. Yeah, 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 exactly. I've kind of got this like um, this like communist noir that is kind of that's kind of good right now that I'm reading. I'm trying to decide on it. Um, there's I don't know a few other things, a few good nonfiction stuff. Obviously, I do mostly um, nonfiction. Um, otherwise, though, I just feel like I'm on like um, I sort of had this vision when I started this year. Like I had this dream, right? I because I, I came into the year with. Um, 12 clients I want to say and my plan was to like get get way higher right I was like all right I'm gonna get to like 20 something by the end of the year because I wanted a bigger list I wanted to be working on more things that sort of thing you know really make a push for outreach but all my current stuff has started um, in a way that I've really found engaging and good obviously but like it's starting to like take it like you actually have to work on the books that you have, you know? <laughs> Isn't that funny? You, like, actually have to read them. Yeah. And, so yeah. it's like, I actually, you know, it's been tougher assigning people lately just because everyone I have, I'm, like, engrossed in, you know, their books. I'm on, like, pass number three on, like, several different, you know, projects of mine as we get ready to go out and stuff, which is fun. Like, I love, like, it's almost like pitching feels like the afterthought, which it obviously isn't. I know that it is not like, but it's I really such love... a small part of the job, and you don't quite realize that until you're but it's really also, deep. It's obviously like yeah. the, key, the key of the job, you know, like pitching well, sure. the book and selling the book is. But in the terms most of like thing. hours, but like the editing yeah. and stuff, like that's really where. So like, what am I like? The question always is like, what am I reading right now? It's like, well, I'm reading probably a client manuscript for like the fourth time through, and loving every second of it because it's fun to sit around and like pick at the paragraph we've been working on for you know weeks and um i don't know i mean so in terms of my slush pile i probably need to revisit it after a while but i've got um 
a lot of like I I feel like I also need to kind of retweak the copy that appears on the website because I'm you know how you get kind of tired of the thing that's like quote that quoted at you mm, in the email yeah. in the query letter. So I'm getting a lot of family sagas because mm. I think that appears on copy somewhere, mm. um, which is fine and I like those, but like it's too much right now. So I'm thinking of taking that out. Um, but with Litvik, it's tough. Like I know you know with YA at least there's some. You tell me what you think of this, all right? When Agents who represent like middle grade or YA get online. Sure. They have a much easier time talking about what they want because they're talking about literal elements. I want a story with this type of relationship or this type of character doing X. You know, there's a lot of like literal elements that feel very important. You sure. Know? And I feel like that isn't really how Litfic is, is, is talked about or pitched or discussed. And in to some to some extent it is like there are certain things that are you know on trend, but it's much it's I feel like it's a lot murkier in terms of like the literal elements of the story, and that makes it always that always makes it really tough to, um, I don't know to pitch or to ask for things to be pitched to you. Like I know we've got you know we met um, this woman a few week a few weekends ago back when we were at that conference in Madison right she was an agent a fiction agent her name is. Uh, Caroline Eisenman, I, I think. Um, she's, um, you know, very nice, very, you know, f- friend of ours. Um, and she was talking about how she used to have this long description of what she was looking for and everything. And then one day she just, like, decided to shorten her description for what she wanted to just, like, dark but glossy fiction. And like sudden, and like suddenly, every- so basically, she wants it to look like you know when Vogue gets moody in October. Well, sure, yeah, sure. exactly. Okay. But like, but then all of a sudden, like the writers who that like resonated with started sending her stuff. You know what I mean? And like, it just kind of speaks to this idea that in litfic, it's almost like the less literally you talk about the things you're looking for, sometimes the better, and the more descriptive you're actually being, which is weird, and I haven't quite figured that out yet. So I would say that. That's true and not true that yeah. that ha- that doesn't happen in YA yeah. because I think you're right with YA you can say you know like I want a YA alien book I want a YA book you know with a parent with mental illness but they're mm-hmm. still a good parent or like you know you can ask for specific plot points. Which, like, and plot points are really key for a book that's 70,000 words, you know? Like, there's just a lot less book to deal with, and it's, you know, a lot more of a part of what the project is overall. Mm-hmm. But also, I find that most of the writers that query me with, um, like, quoting my words back to me yeah. are all about, like, the vibe or, like, the theme. Like, <sighs> that's you know, better. a couple of years ago. Vibe or but the yes, it is. Yeah. No, I, ah, because, you know, I said something about like gritty themes and mental illness and like I get people trying to stretch that. Yeah. Like I, I think like people try to like they hear something and they go, oh, I can make my book mean that like in how I pitch it. <clears throat> and like that actually becomes yeah. like I find that with themes i guess the more people quote the theme wish list back at me as a reason for querying and as a way to pitch the book the less interested i am but i think the more they talk about the quality of their writing i think the Mm -hmm. more interested i am yeah because you know when i say i want you know 
literary science fiction or fantasy. You know, the people who write back to me and say, I have literary science fiction and fantasy. Like mm-hmm. that's that's a quality of the book that can't necessarily be pulled and prodded into shape. Yes, um, that makes sense. And so I think I'm personally moving away a lot from themes and more into that very like discreet like those discrete ideas yeah. and then i think i'm moving more in towards like the feeling rather the than the themes if yeah, you will. the aesthetic have like, you been it, following that that's like a new thing for me realizing that like every has have, you, have you seen this on young adult literature twitter have you, you been mean following like the this? pinterest boards yeah, 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 essentially yeah, yeah, yeah. this yes. is like a new this is something new that i've like yeah, discovered i have seen that is the the aesthetic i think it's like the you know it's on thursdays everyone posts their aesthetic honestly i I just skip through it i don't log on on thursdays that's not true i log Um, on thursdays um yeah i i mean i find that that's like that's really aspirational um i do you know what i really love to do when Uh, i'm going out on submission with authors and like working or working on like editing their book or working on writing their pitch Mm -hmm. I sometimes ask them to send me the playlist that they were listening to when they wrote the book. Oh. Which has been really rewarding personally for me because a lot of the a lot of it's like music I would never ever listen to. Um, It must be hard realizing that you're just getting the Amelie soundtrack sent to you again and again and again. Because that's the only writer music there is. I'm pretty sure that's the only thing any of us have written to. I mean if you're writing something Uh, quirky. I only listen to the Amelie soundtrack. That is fascinating to me. Not really? even just in terms of writing. This but is the only music. But you're so much music. moodier than that. I don't. <laughs> yes, but I can be moody in like the you know. There's no words in, in the, the soundtrack. F- you know, so it's just right. like little you know. Okay. You know, music and. I feel like you are a deep and endless ocean. Yeah. Well, I've got my little canoe with the lantern on it, and I'm just paddling <laughs> around like a crusty old. You know, that'll uh, be the one thing that can come with my little. Spotify your, playlist. Your Spotify playlist. What's It'll that, just What's yeah. that noise, Daddy? Oh, that's just old man Eric. He's out there just listening to Amelie <laughs> hour seven in a row. Maybe he's <laughs> typing something. It's yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Um, that sounds horrible. Uh well Lord, here's the thing, it is. It is horrible. <laughs> you know, I have been I think so I, I've I've started this new trend, Eric, of Every morning, I brew my needlessly fancy tea. Mm-hmm. You know the kind where oh, like I've you seen, need. To, I've seen you. Get you've up seen to this. The, yeah. You've seen my tea box. It's like a sixteen by sixteen cube. Remember when that company was paying you to, or paying you in tea to tweet about the tea? They only did that once, and I think they were not happy <laughs> with ne- my engagement because they did not do it again. I've uh, never forgiven you for that. I want you to know that's our deepest rift as a friendship. It's okay. I've moved on to different tea companies. Um, Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Laura Zatz issues an epic clapback, and the internet is here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I make my, I'm just ignoring you now because like clearly I want my most epic clap back to be against Mark Gottlieb who's trying to poach my authors. Totally. Um, But yeah, I make my fancy tea and like I let it brew and then I at least endeavor to Mm -hmm. answer uh, the last few days of queries while I am drinking this first cup of tea because it's nice. Like you're not rushed you're not in a mental place to like deal with actual problems you're not in a place to like actually edit a project or email anybody like it's very much just like it's that dead space anyway 
Mm-hmm. And it, you're kind of, as you, as the caffeine is running through your veins, as you know, uh, Mr. Hazelnut Double Shot Energy. Um, I'm looking for the copy here. It's a powerful dose of rich, bold Starbucks coffee, toasty hazelnut flavors, and refreshing wave of B vitamins. There you go. Yeah. Um, very key for the indoor dog, just like yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like it's it's just kind of like this moment of possibility because it's like hitting your bloodstream and you're mm-hmm. feeling good and you're feeling kind of open. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how I've started to do it. So not doing, I found the big day where you spend you know like the entire day answering 250 queries, right? Like that keeps me a lot more open-minded towards projects that might not actually be a trend, but maybe yeah. I get like three of very similar projects right after one another. And then I think that I'm just like sick of it immediately. And then I can never read one of these projects ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, people have started sending me, um, people have started sending me like heist like science oh, fiction nice. projects, yeah. which like, how did they know that I loved these things? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even know I loved those and that they just knew. So I've been getting some of that, like where it's like, you know, they have to, you know, it's maybe it's just because I've been gaming a lot and they kind of figured out that I like like irreverent teamwork because yeah. um, I'm a terrible team player. And what else have I been getting? I've been getting a lot of of kind of on the negative side a lot of you know apocalypse whether it's like zombies or the environment or whatever and like the government like oversteps its bounds and i'm just like whoa there back up too real yeah like give me something else um but i don't know i've been getting a lot of like really good um projects based around like African folk tales yeah. and gods and goddesses that aren't, you know, Greek or Roman, which is really exciting. Like I think I think in general, my slush pile, and maybe this is just the rosy caffeine colored glasses that I'm wearing, mm-hmm. but I feel like I've broken out quite a bit of the, you know, everything is vampires or everything is, you know, um like uh, you know, everything is superpowers or everything is this or that or whatever. Sure. Um, so that's been nice. That is good. I'm liking a lot of things. Now I actually <clears throat> just have to like read the projects, which is why I have 300 and... The whole reading part. A lot. The reading part is what really gets me. <laughs> That'll get you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, because I... Like, it takes a really long time to read an entire book, Eric. Mm-hmm. Like, minimum, it takes, you know, four hours, minimum. Do you remember, I, I guess I, maybe, um, I don't know how many, like, editorial assistant jobs you applied for back when you were, like, trying to break into the industry. But, like, I remember when I was doing that out in New York, I would apply for these for these jobs. And they would interview you, and then they would give you an assignment at the end of the interview, right? Like, most publishing interviews come with a... Um, you know, they give you a task, right? Like they, they talk to you and then they say, hey, okay, take this manuscript and, re- or, and read it and then write me either a, an editorial assessment of it or, or sometimes they ask for like, how would you write the jacket copy for this book? Or they what ask you, you to read the yeah, whole book? Yeah. Or what would you do for the comps for this? They only and ever gave me editing tests. And yeah. at the end, and the, they would give you the manuscript and you would have to go and that night read the whole book and then... Not only do that, but then like write up a 
you know, a page of, um, you know, professional critique or market critique or whatever mm-hmm. it was and turn it in. And this was like while I had, you know, a different editorial job, right? Like when I was working at Oxford and was trying to like work elsewhere, you know, you're going to your own job trying to read all the manuscripts in front of you. And then also now you've got to like, because everyone in publishing is constantly applying for other jobs. They all are. If they're not doing that, they're lying to you. Um, <laughs> You've got to like read all the manuscripts for your job interview stuff, and it was crazy. But like, you would read like a whole book within a night, and then type up like a very, very detailed like editorial assessment, and then you just like wouldn't get the job, and that was just like totally fine, even though you'd done like you know ten hours of work for this. <laughs> I remember seeing like one time I did that, and like the book ended up like I didn't get the job, but the book I had read as like part of my job interview test ended up getting published and the jacket copy was definitely pulling from my stuff and you didn't get hired no and i didn't get hired and they were using so it's like they're just like literally farming out this but like the point is of that long looping anecdote is that you like the reading stuff like you end up having to like you could just read 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 forever yeah and a lot of the time it's really fun and a lot of the time it feels like I don't know, like, the worst is when, like, the book gets bad on, like, page 200, and you're, like, not doing it, and you've just, like, killed a night reading something that isn't good. I don't know. The the most heartening and, like, heartbreaking thing that you and I do as colleagues Mm -hmm. is whenever we are, like, Mm -hmm. three pages into a manuscript and we really are digging it, we send each other the text message (laughs) or the Slack Slack message or whatever saying... We've got a live yeah. one. Like we're fishing. Yeah. Like we're fishing in yeah. your in your rowboat with your mm-hmm. Spotify and your books. Yeah. Um, we've got a live one. And then it's always, you know, by the other by the time the other person finishes cooking dinner or whatever, you know, or however many hours later we come back to it and say, you know, is it still is it still there? Like is it yeah. still good? Is it still yeah. on the hook? Mm-hmm. And the answer is always no. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, I I don't know, like it's remember a couple of months ago when I opened back up to queries and I Mm -hmm. said, you know, I was supposed to use these four months. I was closed to queries (laughs) to like get through my whole slush pile and I didn't get through my whole slush pile. Uh, But now I'm actually going to get through it and maybe I'll get down to, you know, 100 Mm -hmm. partials and fulls by, you know, whatever. My goal is to be, you know, six months behind instead of a year behind or whatever. Yeah. And you said, yeah, that'll, that's great. Like, that'll totally happen. And now I'm, like, even farther behind. Yeah, no, I've had that happen, too. Um, I've just, like, stopped feeling bad about it. You just work at the pace you can in this business, you know? Like, it's, it's like this weird mix of things that really, really are on deadline and things that really aren't. You know, like, yeah. you get, once you get on, like, publishing calendars and stuff with projects and you've got to, like, manage... Um, well, delivery dates and like production dates and pub dates and all that kind of stuff like that's very deadline oriented. And you got to be really pay attention. But like with the reading, <coughs> especially because, um, you know, this is happening, like you're not allowed really to prioritize it in any way that takes place during the work day. Like you have to just be able to, you know, get a few months behind. And like um, I had this one guy this week, he queried me. So it's what? Today is July 30th. Mm-hmm. Right. He yeah. sent me his initial query on July 6th. Okay. Okay. And I hadn't responded yet. 
and then he sent me another query following up or asking me if I'd seen the email on, I think, like a week later, and then sent another one saying, how is this professional? How do I know you even work at this company? And then he emailed our boss, who then sent me, forwarded me an email that was like, is this, what is this person's problem? What are we, what are we doing here? <laughs> and I, And it was just crazy. But like, the point is that you end up driving some people nuts because they don't understand publishing timelines and they don't understand how any of this works and you just have to be okay with certain yeah. like everything takes forever until it doesn't <laughs> that's a, is yeah. what it is and like everything takes forever until it doesn't yeah um it's i guess i'm with you like i hadn't really felt like this is kind of the first summer just with everything going on mostly with the fact that all you know i've spent the last couple of years like finding a bunch of clients that i really like right who now have you know needs and work to do and things going on which is terrific um it's like i'm just i just feel hopelessly behind but you just sort of settle into it it, it, it <laughs> feels like, like home you, you know like, like you're an yeah. agoraphobic you who just, just like <laughs> you just climb into the, you just climb into that little pit you know and it's like you just like dig it up it's like 20 feet down into the ground right and you just get in there you just get nice and cozy in the warm dirt and then you just have your friend you have your colleague laura zatz come over with her shovel and she just starts piling the dirt on you and she's okay see you have fun and you know she puts it on you and you just lay there in the dirt you know underneath everything that there is to do and you know what for a while it's a little bit overwhelming and scary and you're like man wow and then it and then it feels and like you like, could oh, never man. be anywhere else actually i don't think i want to leave this little hole it's kind of nice down here i'm an inside dog now i don't want to be i don't want to be up in the cold earth it's fun to be behind um one of the things that i wish that authors understood is that how long it takes me to read your manuscript has nothing to do with a how i do the bulk of my job mm -hmm. or b how enthused i am about reading your i book. give that talk to every client when we go on submission actually yeah i say look this is going to take some months and that has nothing to do with how well it's going like the I, people yeah. are going to read at their pace they might not get to it and even if they think your book is the second coming they are not going to get to it and until or, they get to and, it and like that's fine and that is totally okay especially in the summer when like we enter the twilight zone um like i i would say like of the episodes we've done one of my favorites i don't know if it was like one of our most popular but one of the ones i most enjoyed doing was like our summer friday episode mm. last year where we like talked about just how like slow and like weird summer in publishing is and it just it's that's where we're at man like it's this thing where everyone is just working on their own time like half the people are on vacation half the people are like working at large you get the most exotic out of offices right now it's like so and so i'm in majorca yeah. <laughs> so and so is out until further notice they'll be checking email at their own discretion it's like oh wow i didn't know i didn't know we were doing things i didn't know we had discretion <laughs> i didn't um. know i was allowed to have things like discretion but they are and we are and now i am well the problem is is that a lot of people like catch up on their readings in summer but there's not enough people to have like a quorum to have like an ed board yeah. So even so yeah. I've had a book going to Edboard for three months, but they just like can't get everybody together to do it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And it's like it's just kind of part of it's just part of the process. Yeah. And yeah, I always like it might take me a year <clears throat> to get to your full, 
but if I want it, like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna move fast on it, and then, like, I'll actually, you know, like, read your book in a timely manner if we're working together. Right. But, yeah, when when I go out on submission, I always tell them, I always tell my authors, great, congratulations, you're on submission. (laughs) You will not hear from me regarding your submission status for at least three months. This process. Just like as a rule. Like as so, a rule, it takes three months to even get a no back. This whole business is so stupid in that way. <laughs> like there should be more editors. There should be more people working on this stuff. I don't know. It's There should be. It is like it because like I get it. Like I get why it's angering to be like to be an author during some during summer. Or is, during any time. Yeah, but especially right now where like I'm giving talks to everyone who's out on submission, being like, so here's the thing. No one is doing anything right now. <laughs> like, people are just out there. They're just frolicking. They're doing other things. They're like, you know, I mean, it's it's crazy. And I can only imagine, you know, how it feels as someone who, like, you know, wrote a whole book. And that's the other thing I'm trying to do this summer is I'm trying to get, like, all these revisions done on my own book. And it just feels like, I don't know, I can only imagine, like, what that kind of stuff feels like it sucks it sucks and we know that it sucks and like on our end hopefully our job at least in part is to like make it make it feel a little better you know even as we're kind of working yeah and i don't know and yeah make it feel a little better and just like be there with you you know like because when you crawl into that deep dark hole guess who's there in there with the shovel with you who will stay there forever and ever because <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. we're all just in a hole covered with dirt yep. um anyway thank you so much for joining us for this our summer doldrums episode oh, of God, print run summer doldrums summer doldrums yeah um yeah especially frustrating because like none of the announcements go live either so you can't even talk oh. about the books you sold in spring oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so it's just like you look extra unproductive yeah. it's a whole big thing yeah anyway send us your proposals we're at printrunpodcast at gmail.com we'll also be doing another query show and a first pages show next month so send those to us as well and your synopsis and yeah and your synopsis if you have um that's what i meant when i said proposals um <laughs> the synopsis is included in a proposal but if you want to send us a proposal we will talk about that we will do an episode about them if you so desire also if you would like to see us do another publishing role-playing game mm-hmm. also mm-hmm. let us know because we will hire good old troy the gm yeah if we have enough outcry for it we're gonna name them after like fast and furious like title sequencing too so the next one will be like two intern to kevin you know <laughs> what i mean it'll be it'll be really good that Sounds fascinating, mm-hmm. and yeah. I just cannot wait for how many <laughs> skill checks you fail. Uh, so yeah, anyway, stay tuned for our first pages coming to you probably actually right now when you're listening. You uh-huh. can just go over and yep. look at first pages yep. um, because it is the end of the month, but we will see you for a regular episode on Tuesday. Goodbye. Goodbye.